Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 198 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Mob Psycho 102, episodes 4 through 5, where professional psychics battle through rock, paper, scissors, Reagan's bullshit detector is better than your paranormal abilities, and in the mindscape, you have my friends. Sometimes you have to go into the mindscape, and you might think to yourself, hey, you know what I can do? I can just bring along my best friend. No, no you can't. In the mindscape, you have to avoid you know, metaphorical minotaurs, uh, big giant rolling boulders, and uh, other things from pop culture references that I can't come up with right now. Anyways, let's jump in. That's really, that was a really impressive list of stuff, Spencer, that you came up with. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is... That well. is that is the hallmark of me. <laughs> that's that theater degree at work. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. What's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. This was good. This these were these two episodes are a little movie. It's not yeah. a good movie if you don't know these people. But if you do, <laughs> you've been watching the series up to this point. This is a little distinct two episode arc, and it's fun. <laughs> Oh, weird. Yeah, it's it's definitely weird. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I don't know. I don't know, man. This this show. Every time, every time I think I have it like pinned, <laughs> it's just like, oh, by the way, this is like gonna be psychological motherfucking warfare on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what's inter- What's caught me about this is that season one was pretty straightforward, right? Like mm-hmm. I, uh, I didn't know what to expect and it was, you know, there was that little arc at the end with the kidnapping, but for the most part, it was just sort of like fun stuff every week. And it was basically in line with what I expected that there's this, you know, disaffected, super powerful psychic that's getting into exciting, but also comedic scraps with, you know, other psychics and, and paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. And then season two comes along and they're like, we're going to really shake up the formula like every three episodes. And you're just not going to like, you're not going to feel like you understand where this is going at any given moment. And uh, that's just the situation now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's just one of the, highest quality anime that's come out in a really, really long time. Yeah. It's just, it, it just, it is unpredictable. And in a, in a way that doesn't make you upset, like, like you were, you were expecting something sort of thing. Like uh, I can see sometimes when people are like, it's not exactly what I wanted, so I don't trust it anymore and I'm not going to keep on watching it. But this one does it in a way where it's just like it's just like you like this good thing. I have news for you. What you don't, what you like about the show, might not even be the thing that you think you like about the show. Let me give you yeah. an alternate. <laughs> I think actually, I have been feeling a little bit with season two. Like this is not. This doesn't feel like season one 
in a way that is a bit of a disappointment for me. Mm-hmm. But it's so good that it just keeps pulling you back in. So it's like, you know, I, I'm definitely that type of person. And I, I know you are too, where it's like, sometimes you feel like a story was, you know, carrying with it the promise of the type of thing that you're into. And then it ends up going in a different direction and you just sort of lose interest. Cause it's not really why you, you know, what you signed up for. And mm-hmm you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means that it wasn't what you wanted and you stopped caring about it. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, how stuff works. And I think that mob cycle 100 has done a good job of training me to understand that like, these are short seasons and in those seasons will be single episode arcs or things like this, which are two episode arcs where it's like, this story is not my super favorite story that we've covered in this show, but it was only two episodes but then also it's really good and it's it is also building very clearly and very specifically on what has happened before it and it seems to be establishing some important and interesting things for what's going to come after it and so it's like as much as i am like not 100% bought in on this story on paper the experience of it won me over and the kind of like deft writing that either reveals or makes it feel like this was all planned all along is really at play here in a way that makes this just feel super cohesive. And Mm -hmm. like I said, it makes it sort of a, a fun little mini movie that has a lot of satisfying beats. If you have like, this is not how you want to introduce your friends to the show if they've never seen it. But if you, are aware of these characters and specifically of the the journey that they've been going on in the episodes preceding these in season two, then this is going to have moments of like really lovely catharsis for them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Blake, can you remind us what happened previously on mob psycho 102? Yes. So uh, it's called that because it's the second season it's coming on from the first season where you met mob. That's not his real name, but that's, that's what we call him. That's what a lot of people call him. He is in middle school. He is very, very reserved and, you know, just super awkward about himself because he's a teenage boy going through puberty and, you know, just doesn't understand who he is or how he fits into the world around him and feels like he has none of his shit together and feels inaccurately like people around him uh, do have their shit together and are judging him because he doesn't and all that middle school stuff. And uh, he also, unlike usual middle schoolers, is an atypically gifted psychic. He has a natural affinity uh, with psychic powers, um, specifically manifests as like, um, you know, telekinesis where he can, um, you know, throw up psychic barriers and, and move stuff around with his mind and things like that. But he does have other other abilities, some of which have been expanding through the early episodes of this season. Um, I think that seems to be one of the sort of sub themes of this season is figuring out different ways for him to use his psychic abilities. Um, he is uh, employed with a guy named Reagan. Uh, Reagan is a lovable charlatan. He is a man pretending to have psychic abilities who runs a like an exorcism office. And of course the exorcism office is just a series of scams convincing people that they are uh, that whatever problems they're coming in, 
that they're worried might be supernatural, that they are indeed supernatural, and then finding ways to make that person feel better about the situation and claiming that it has uh, been an exorcism or, you know, whatever. Uh, but Mob has real abilities and there are real spirits and he can really exercise them. And so Reagan has taken Mob under his wing as his, uh, you know, very deeply underpaid apprentice and mob is the like adorable trusting gullible kid who believes that reagan is as he says which is to say a powerful psychic in his own right and reagan plays the part of this by being like you as the apprentice should use your psychic powers to handle the situation because you are the apprentice and that's part of how i'm teaching you and so they have this like fun dynamic where reagan is a sort of crafty son of a bitch who sees through everyone and doesn't trust anyone. And mob is this just like absolutely trusting guy who couldn't believe that anybody would have negative, you know, negative feelings or uh, any uh, insincere motivations. So they make a really fun pair. They've been going around performing different, you know, supernatural adventures uh, and one of those, they mostly exercised an evil spirit that has uh, come to be their sort of like goofy sidekick. Uh, it's uh, called Dimple. And Dimple is, uh, he was trying to create a megalomaniacal cult situation so that he could gather power on the living plane. Uh, but Mob put an end to that. He would love to get in charge of Mob's body. And, you know, be able to sort of like influence the the real world or the living world through somebody so powerful as Mob. But uh, he's nowhere near strong enough to take over Mob forcibly. So now he's just kind of their like occasionally dangerous comedy relief sidekick. Um, They have gone on a couple of jobs recently that have shaken Mob's understanding of things. As I said, he's pretty gullible and he's pretty trusting and he just has that sort of like youthful naivete about the world and an understanding of like everybody is sincere because I'm sincere and that's how I've experienced the world and so that's how I assume everybody is and stuff like that. And he started to become disabused of this notion. He has seen... Uh, some of their clients have asked him to do something that he did not feel was morally correct. And he struggled over that. He saw that somebody with some mild psychic powers was using it to make one of their neighbors uncomfortable in a way that would be relevant during this episode. And uh, he's just started, he's started piecing things together. He's no longer the like blank slate of naivete that he started the series as. I think that's one of the biggest changes actually between Mob Psycho 100 and Mob Psycho 100 Part 2, which is that uh, he is really starting to react to the world around him instead of just letting it bounce off of him because he's too powerful for it to truly get under his skin. Now he's really starting to think about these things. And this little two-episode arc is going to really challenge him in an interesting new way. So I I think that's everything you need to know. And that'll bring us up to Mob Psycho 100, part two, episode four. Episode four is called Inside Evil Spirit. This episode starts out with a flashback to Dimple uh, revealing that he used to have other ghost friends. um, (laughs) And they were attacked by another psychic who they were like, he's bullshit. Let's just take him out. And then it turns out he was actually a psychic, and they were like, oh, shit, we made a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. 
did not go well. Did not go as planned. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's cool because you can tell it's Dimple, but you don't know what happened, and you're like, okay, well, Dimple like makes it out. You see him make it out. Um, but you're like, okay, what was that all about? And then uh, we cut to the the uh, problem du jour, and so there's this like super rich dude. And Reagan and Mob are rolling up on this guy's mansion because he has hired them for a job. And uh, specifically his daughter. So here's a thing that was really frustrating when I was writing these notes is that his daughter's name is very similar to another character's name. And we're going to be saying them one after the other and it's going to be confusing. So uh, his daughter Minori is possessed by an evil spirit and he has hired Reagan and Mob to fix her but uh when they get into the room it's like i had flashbacks to hunter x hunter when they like uh before they do the the like trial where they have to run behind the guy who just walks real good and it's mm-hmm. just like the room full of people and they like walk in and there's all these people and they're like oh these are all psychics like it turns out that the guy hired basically every psychic he could find and not just mob and reagan because he's desperate to have this problem solved and he's just going to try everybody all at once. And so now they're in this like giant room full of psychics, including a few people that they know or have heard of. Mm hmm. Yeah. So be aware it's coming up. Um, Oh man, the, the big thing, (laughs) the big thing about this girl is that when, when you think, Oh man, she's going to be, she's going to be evil or mean and you're like, okay, maybe she isn't possessed. You're going to get so wrong so fast in a very, like, straight up original Exorcist version of the Exorcist. But before, before that happens, my favorite thing happens, which is they're like, we are going to take turns trying to exercise her. Because whoever wins, whoever successfully exercises her gets a bunch of money and everybody else gets sent home. And Reagan mm-hmm. wants that fucking money. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he, so all of the psychics play rock, paper, scissors, and they are all real psychics. They all have some sort of psychic abilities, some sort of paranormal abilities, some sort of preternatural sense. Not all of them are telekinetics like mobs. Some of them have like, a, you know, a sort of mystical sense about things. Some of them come at, at these kind of paranormal abilities through, other means that aren't necessarily psychic powers, but might be like, you know, blessed seals or something like that. And this whole room of genuinely gifted people lose rock, paper, scissors to Reagan because he is such a con artist that he can, he can like always win rock, paper, scissors because he can play you and he can read people. And it is just fucking delightful and the other note is that mob finished like a little less than halfway through the pack because he is not good at it and it's so funny and adorable so yeah Mm -hmm. reagan reagan gets first dibs on talking to minori and so she is she's like a teenage girl and she is like dressed in rags and her hands and feet are chained to a sort of like spare almost prison-like bed and you're like, this is fucked. And then Reagan walks in and she is like crying. And she's like, I don't know why I am locked in here. I think my dad has gone crazy. 
he says, I'm possessed and I'm worried that he's possessed because he's done this horrible thing to me and I'm a teenage girl and why is this happening? And Reagan comes outside and they're they're in like a two, it's like a, what is it, a one-way mirror. So everybody, the, all the psychics can see into her and her conversation with Reagan, but she can't see through the glass. And Reagan comes out and they're like, oh my God, this dude is is evil. Like she's clearly just a girl that's being mistreated. And Reagan's like, nah, that's an evil spirit for sure. She had several inconsistencies in her story. She's lying. <laughs> she is. And it's so good. Yeah. And it's mostly because Reagan is like absolutely the conniest of con men. Who's just yeah, like, cause he's, it, it, you it's can't the con a con man. <laughs> Mob always thinks that people are telling the truth because he is Reagan always thinks that people are playing at something because he is, and he can see through it. Yep. Oh man. Um there's there's also the the big next part that I I really really like is when um we find out who this spirit is. Yeah. And the spirit is like a psychic that became disillusioned with the world and decided that wow. he wanted to become a psychic himself. And it really harkens back to uh Yu Hakusho. <laughs> Yeah, actually, the arc that we just finished in Yu Yu Hakusho was basically this guy's arc, where he's like, I I thought these people were good, they're not good, I'm gonna turn into a baddie because I think the people suck. <laughs> That's like mm. basically his whole thing. It also involves his mom getting sick, and him working really hard to save her, and then she, he doesn't save her because she's sick with, you know, something that's untreatable. And she, like, fucking blames him on her deathbed for not fixing her. <laughs> And so he like snaps and what, what you're going to find out is that like he, he becomes like a powerful psychic that goes around not exercising evil spirits, but like inhaling them and trying to fill himself with so much evil that he can eventually kill himself and become an insanely powerful evil spirit. And that is what he did. And now here we are today. Yeah. It's just what he's, it's just what his jam is. You know? Yeah, he loves it. Uh, His name is Mogami, by the way. The girl is Minori. The guy is Mogami. And that was very confusing for me when I I read the the notes. And uh, uh, also Dimple. So his flashback at the beginning of the episode was him encountering this guy after he'd sort of snapped and was going around trying to suck everybody up. And Dimple narrowly escaped and is like, look, Mob is strong, but this guy is for real. And uh, I don't think we should try and exercise him. I think we should try and leave. And um, uh, they don't they don't listen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it turns out, though, that this guy has like a trump card that is specifically important to how Mob fights, which is that he is going to mess with Mob's ability to use his his anger and frustration um and like build up and it basically takes away mob's powers yeah mob is is too empathetic he doesn't want to hurt anybody if he if he can't help it and the truth of the matter is that the girl is possessed but she's also a girl she is possessed and he his job is not to kill her his job is to get the evil spirit from out of her and this guy has like i the impression that I got was that she's been possessed for a while. Um, but it may also be that he's just so powerful. Uh, I think it's probably some combination of longevity and his own innate power 
that has led to the fact that like mob cannot basically can't blast the guy strong enough to get rid of him without hurting and probably killing the girl. And so his hands are tied. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's gotta be pretty frustrating for him. Um, but you know, there's, there's also like this great battle inside of mob's mind that starts up. Um, yeah. Which is most of episode five, I think. Yeah. That's, that's episode five discord choices. Um, so this one starts with uh, mob gets into the mindscape, uh, in the way that I alluded to earlier. He, he had a case where some guy was astral projecting to look in on his neighbors and mob was like, I didn't know people could do that. I don't think he should be able to do that, but, um, I also didn't know about that. And so mob realizes that he can do that and can go inside of, uh minori's body where mogami is and try to get mogami out of her and uh that basically like he's not going to be able to muscle him out from the outside that is going to be his only his only play and there's also this really cool moment where he's like dimple you're gonna have to take over my body because if you don't my body is just going to be like limp and lifeless and super helpless to this guy who will definitely take advantage of that uh, vulnerability and Dimple is like, you know that I'm like an evil spirit and like I want to take over your body. The only reason I don't is that you're too strong and you're now being like, just jump in there. And he's like, yeah. And then he leaves his body and Dimple possesses it. And then Dimple is like very heroic and fighting off Mogami. And that gives Mob the opportunity to get in to like minori's mental space that mogami has possessed and that leads him into this like mental battle yeah yeah and uh here we go the the battle first takes place in a really messed up psychological way which is that mogami is going to basically make make mob remember this class that he has and his classmates and this horrible bullying that starts up. And like, it's, it's, it's just like he is now existing inside of this world. All of the people that he cares about are suddenly horrible to him. Um, and it makes mob just break down into like a shell of himself. Where yeah, instead of being like angry and frustrated and upset about things, instead he just he just kind of like you know delves deeper and deeper inside of himself until he kind of breaks apart. And this he reminded also, me of the 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 ability that um oh what's his name has from uh, Naruto um, Itachi, uh, Itachi uses. Yeah, where he's it's like very torturing to him. Yeah, he's torturing they even him have- for months in there. Yeah, they had a, a note in there. I missed the dialogue in the episode, but the, there was a note in in the uh, article that I used to help take my notes that that mentioned that he had like lived the equivalent of a six month time span in what was in the real world only about half an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mogami he does this like cool bait and switch where like Mob shows up in the mindscape and attacks him, and Mob is super powerful, and it looks like he's gonna like defeat mogami there and then mogami is like well the thing about the mindscape is that uh the person whose mind it is is in charge and it's my mind so uh all of the power that you just used against me was me testing your power limits to see what you can do and wasn't actually 
anything against me. And now that I've seen that, I'm going to lock off your powers and make you live through this six months of bullying type of situation. And then they get to this point where like Mob has no powers and he's basically living a version of his life where he's being bullied and has no way to deal with it. And they get to this moment that was also uh, probably not intentionally uh, hearkening to Yu Yu Hakusho where they're trying to bully a cat and Mob is trying to protect it, which is very Kubara of him. And they're like, cats are dumb. We want to hurt the cat. And he's like, no, cats are, you know, innocent creatures. Don't do that. I mean, they're not, but you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and like, he, they have this moment where like, Mogami sort of tips his hand about what this has all been about. And it is thematic re- thematically related to some of the stuff that Mob's been struggling with. Because in previous episodes in this season, he has seen like the astral projection guy was looking in on somebody and making her feel uncomfortable and making her feel violated and was doing something bad with the powers that he had. There were other people that hired him to do a job and wanted him to get rid of these spirits that weren't harming anybody and that were actually like very sweet and very sincere. But these people just didn't see that and would refuse to listen to anybody trying to tell them that the spirits were not, you know, a negative influence. And they were like, we paid you to exercise these spirits. So you're going to do it. And it doesn't matter if they're good people. And mob really struggled with that and was able to get out of that situation without compromising his morals. But it, it has left him in this place where he's like, what's going on. And Mogami's whole deal is that people suck and that they don't, they don't deserve it. And he, he has this screed where he talks to mob and he's like, you know, we as psychics have these crazy abilities, but the, the fact of the matter is that psychic powers come from strong emotions. And it is my philosophy that the strongest emotions are negative ones. And so this whole like six months of torture has basically been to build up a set of negative emotions in mob that are already related to some of the feelings that he has in his real life, but that have now been like heightened in this compressed amount of time to make him so upset that he could snap. And then Mogami comes in and is like, people suck. You should snap. Use those negative emotions. He's definitely like the emperor from star Wars right now, where he's like, use your hatred type situation. Like that's the soul jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely wants him. He wants to let the hate flow through him. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So mob. So I'm gonna have to look back here at exactly, exactly this this series of events because mob is like trapped here, and like all the psychics in the real world are not not doing well either, and like dimple in mob's body is like able to open the door that that Mogami had locked to prevent any of the psychics from escaping because he's he's got some of Mob's powers and then he's like he turns to Reagan he's like we got to get the fuck out of here Mob is in there and Lindy's coming back and Reagan's like nah we're going to stay because you know Mob is my uh, is is my employee and we got to we got to help him and it's a really sweet moment but uh then Mob okay so Mogami does this like song and dance about people suck. You've got these negative emotions. And when you have power, 
Like people aren't worth being treated well, but if you have the power, you can use it against them. And he's basically trying to get mob to, to get ready to like kill these people. And because part of him taking mobs powers away was also taking mobs memories away. Mob is missing the memories of like people and experiences that have made him the type of person who wouldn't go there. And so he is on the cusp of killing these people. And then Mogami is like, well, here are your powers again. And now you can use them to kill those people. And Mob is about to do it, but it also turns out to be an error that Mogami has made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because here's the problem is that this is going to this is going to kind of push Mob to the point where he's able to open up this link between him and Dimple. Um, and Dimple is going to um help Mob get back his memory. And once he gets back his memory, he he pretty easily uh starts to like rip this girl away from the bad things that were happening inside of her world. Um and it causes <laughs> Mogami to basically turn into um a spirit monster? Would you say spirit monster? <laughs> yeah. Describes him as best. What's technically happening is that when, you know, as I said earlier, when he was alive, he absorbed all these evil spirits to make himself a big, bad, evil spirit. But those evil spirits are all still individual evil spirits. And so he like, he's like, well, now you have powers that are like working against me in this mindscape, but this mindscape is actually comprised of all the evil spirits I absorbed when I was alive and so, like, everything starts to turn into evil spirits, but he also seems to be able to sort of, like, shape them. And at one point, like, Voltron's himself into a giant dude made up of evil spirits. Uh, there's a, This really, like, turns into just, like, a visual phantasmagoria for a little while. And it's just, like, mm-hmm. stuff is happening, and you're just kind of sitting back and watching it. So I there's definitely an aspect of this where I'm like, I couldn't 100% tell you what happened here. <laughs> play by play. Yeah, it, it is like so much. It is. It is a lot of feast for your eyes situation. Um, be prepared for it. Yeah. Um, if you are one of those people that just gets overwhelmed in some kinds of anime. Um, I didn't realize that that was a thing. I talked to somebody recently about that and they were telling me that like they they have a really hard time a lot of times in anime that are like this where it just feels like you're being like beaten over the head and the example that they gave of it was uh Gurren Lagann um uh-huh. cuz Gurren does that a lot um and this show doesn't actually it doesn't feel like it does it that much except for very specifically a, a, like one fight in the first season um and uh this this fight reminds me of it but the other one that i would say just be prepared for this if you're somebody when you pick up the show if at this point you haven't picked up the show yet and you're just kind of going along with us um the opening i think probably gets those kind of people too because the opening for season two is like aggressive um and I, I with that music saying, yeah. like that chanting music in the background too it's probably you know pretty overwhelming yeah, I, I would say I, I see where you're coming from. I don't I I I get more of the pulse pounding excitement from the opening, so it works for me. But I actually did feel a little overwhelmed by the sequence. Like I like I said, I kind of just sat back and was like, I don't I don't 100 percent know what's happening anymore. 
And I'm having a little bit of a hard time like taking it all in. And I definitely felt like a little overwhelmed by the sequence, but it's visually exciting. And I think that I think that I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who did not have problems tracking what was going on. Um, but I think that if you like me sort of felt your yourself going a little soft focus and just kind of like it becomes a little bit of like color and light for a little while, it is still artistic and interesting. And then the story comes back in. So they, I think they do a good job of sort of like fading into just, we are going to paint on the screen and we're go- we're all going to watch just like these colors and shapes move around for a while was kind of my experience mm-hmm. of it. And then they did that for like a minute and then they come back into sort of clarifying stations of this, this fight because they do, they do go into that and it's essentially, you know, again, I might not be a hundred percent on this, but my understanding is that it's essentially mob blasting through a series of attacks from evil spirits and kind of becoming stronger and stronger as he's becoming more and more focused. And as the attacks are becoming heavier against him, he is, you know, sort of fortifying his strength in response to them. And it is just this, like this back and forth that's rapid fire. And it's a lot of stuff going on at once. Um, But it, it essentially culminates into this moment where mob blasts Mogami away and it seems to defeat him. But then it turns out that there is like a, a, you know, the, you beat the boss and the second harder boss shows up kind of situation where like there is a whole mass of uncontrollable evil spirits that are unleashed with Mogami's apparent demise that are even stronger and that apparently destroy mob. And then something strange happens. Yep. Yeah, uh, mob goes into his question mark, question mark, question mark mode. Um, and he is just, um, he just decimates everything. Yeah. He goes like basically universe. God mode. Like he turns into just like a silhouette that is unstoppable. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, then we're snapped back to reality. Um, Oops. There and- goes gravity. Uh, mob is awake. Um, Mob's Mogami, spaghetti. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mogami <laughs> gets ripped out of the body. He's going to float away. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, and then, um, and then Minori is going to wake up. Um, and <laughs> such a weird moment. It's, it is a really weird moment because it's one of those things where it's just like, she apparently was living through this with, mob as well yeah and in inside of that like memory hellscape thing that mob, mob was in and yeah she it, wasn't it's, in it's control like, but she was aware i think yeah my understanding but it it turns out that she was actually kind of a horrible person before she was possessed and yeah. the thing that she was being portrayed as was this kind of monster bully and that's kind of how she was in a more extreme version of it yeah um, this is but, so good because like she, at she, at first you're like this is a funny joke that he's like you weren't a you weren't really mean and she's like I kind of was though and it's funny because it subverts your expectations but it is also deft storytelling in the manner of Mob Psycho 100 which is some people suck and the fact that she needed to be saved 
from an evil spirit that was making her act evil isn't the thing that made her mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's so good. Yeah. But then she yeah. also starts crying and apologizing and you feel like you're having like a real moment with this person. And you're like, she's probably still going to be kind of mean because it's hard for people to change, but she's going to remember this. And it's just so yeah. satisfying. This is so good. Yeah. Yeah. This show's fantastic. Anyway, also stick with the us. evil spirit, Mogami, he's not defeated. And he's like, I will return. And then like one of the dudes from season one is there who like traps spirits. And he's like, whoops, I'm going to Pokemon catch you. And then (laughs) he's just like (laughs) locked up and mob is just like, wow. So, okay. So the spirit was like a bad, bad dude. And uh, Minori turned out to be not like not the nicest, but you know, I still think that what I learned today is that people can change. So it's going to be fine. (laughs) <laughs> and then a rainbow appeared above his head and it was yeah. like, na na And he was Happy like, you know, more you know. <laughs> Anyways, stick with us after these credits and we'll talk about what's coming on next week. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on Comic Book Keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geek Exploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. Next time on Blake and Spencer Got Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden episodes 139 through 143. Yeah, where your favorite cartoon character inside of an anime, Toby, is going to reveal that he has a deep voice and can be serious sometimes. So don't fuck around anymore. Oh, fine.